Welcome to episode seven of the Don't Tell Me What To Do podcast. Today we are digging into topics of fitness and longevity and how all of those things are related to our mindset, our relationships, even finance. And we're bringing in a strength and fitness coach from Seattle, Josh Hunter, to talk about his life as a his life and career as a fitness coach and then also some new business endeavors that he's embarking into with his new podcast. So I hope you enjoy today. We talk about so much in just 40 minutes, but it's a great episode. I'll kick right over. Hi, everyone. Today I am here with Josh Hunter. He is a strength coach, up-and-coming podcaster, which we'll talk about later, and a really good friend of mine. So thank you for being here. I am delighted to be here, Jory. Thanks for having me. So um, one thing that you may not know, um, or our listeners might not realize, but you're actually the first male guest on this podcast. Really? Oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm honored. No pressure. No, no pressure. pressure. No pressure. I didn't intend for it to be a ladies only podcast. And yeah. I definitely have male listeners, but um, I thought that if I was going to have any male come speak, you'd be a great first guest. I'm, I'm, I'm truly honored. Thank you. <laughs> I hope to live up to expectations. <laughs> Very cool. So a little background about Josh. Um, I've been trained by Josh. I've been going to his classes and have had many conversations about the way that you're approaching fitness and mobility mm-hmm. and just life improvement overall. Mm-hmm. And what I really admire about you is that you haven't been afraid to change how you approach not only what you do, but how mm-hmm. you do it and and then to learn and to teach others. Mm-hmm. So. I love the content that you're putting out there, and I love what you're talking about, and so I hope that we can dive into that today. Very cool perspective. Thanks for sharing that. <laughs> yeah, let's dive into it. Let's dive in. Yeah. So um, I'd love to just hear, uh, you work in the fitness field, and mm-hmm. you've been doing that for over 10 years, so mm-hmm. let's go back to 10 years plus. What gravitated you towards that field in the first place? It, it, was, it was a bit of happenstance. Uh, when I was, I'm from Michigan, and I... I was living there and just after college, I just kind of worked retail. I didn't know what I was doing. I was, didn't know where I was going. I was just like working retail, selling sneakers and I was painting. I was like a sneaker, sneaker customizer and I was doing that. And a friend of mine came to Washington and was like, hey, you wanna come visit? I was like, sure, I've never been out there. They just have like, like Sasquatch's coffee and rain out there. Like I don't know anything about, <laughs> I don't know anything about Seattle. So I came to visit and it was just, like awestruck by the beauty of it and the energy of it. And I ended up getting a job offer, long story short, I ended up getting a job offer from Gold's Gym. Uh, I met the manager and got a job offer. He's like, hey, you know, you, your degree's in management. Do you wanna come work in the management track? And I said, I work out, yeah, okay, let's do that. So- And I you weren't a trainer at this point I was at not all. a trainer. My degree is in business administration. And I played basketball and like, you know, I exercised and liked to lift weights, but I was never into, like I was never in the field. I never didn't go to like school for exercise science, nothing like that. It's a lot of trainers do. Just kind of fell into it on the management side. And after about three months of doing that, I knew I didn't want to do that forever. It was like selling used cars. I was just like, no, this is not for me. Gym sales is not for me. But I saw the trainers and I admired what they did. They were able to actually work closely with people and touch people's lives. Mm. And I originally went to school to be a teacher, but I, 
I changed that because I was like, well, screw that. I don't want to teach kids little shits, you know. Um, is this a swearing podcast? Yes. Is it? Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> this can be an explicit episode. Okay, okay. Uh, I'll keep the shits to a minimum. That's two. So, uh, but then, you know, as, as, as an adult, I was just like, hey, teaching adults is cool. Like, I mean, I, I can do that. And so that's kind of how I leaned into it. I was like, I want to do what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, six months later, I was certified. In 2009, I started training people. And didn't really look back. Oh, no. I look back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've actually quit training three times. Really? Yeah. It's hard. Um, it's very hard. It's uh, working one-on-one with people uh, and really attaching to people uh, and their goals and their wins and their losses. and um, it, it, it can be really draining at times. It can be really exciting at times, but it can be really draining. And then running the business of personal training for every hour you train, there's another hour on the back end. So say if you're working a nine to five, you're working an eight hour day, you get paid for those eight hours. Yeah. As a trainer, if I train eight clients in a day, that's 12 to 16 hours of work. That's a lot of work. And if, and if you're in more than one location, then you've got travel between them. And so, you know, like for me, I can train about four hours a day, which is about eight hours of work. And then I, I get exhausted after that and screw trying to work out and trying to do other things and try to grow and work the business. I get exhausted and uh, I've quit three times. And the third time that I quit, I applied, I applied at Nike town. I was like, I'm gonna go back to retail. I mean, <laughs> you know, and um, I applied and I didn't get the job. And I was just like, what? And it, it kind of, it hurt my feelings, you know? And then, but then I was just like, I was like, damn, I can't get a retail job. But then I was just like, wait, why am I quitting? Why am I leaving this industry? Am I quitting because I'm at the top and there's nowhere else for me to go? Or am I quitting because it's hard? And I had that, I guess, uh, face-to-face with myself. I had that self-talk and I was just like, I'm quitting because it's hard. I'm giving up. And so that's when I said, okay, I'm going to give this thing three more years. Uh, if at the end of three years I've worked my hardest and I'm not where I need to be, then I'll move on. Mm. And so... How long ago was that? <laughs> five years ago. Wow. Yeah. So you made it past. Was there that moment three years in where you sort of realized, like, I made it. I made it <sighs> in three years. I mean, I still haven't made it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, well, you kept going. You didn't give up. No, I got to a point where I, it just it, it basically reinvigorated me to find my reason, find my passion in like why am I I'm doing this and going back to what you were saying about changing it forced me to change and like really look at myself to change and grow and saying why don't I like this what am I doing wrong what am I not doing like how am I how am I viewing this where it's just like I'm why am I doing this where I'm just like okay this isn't working for me so um, I, I did have to change and grow and that was a growth point for me Let's talk a little bit more about that growth point mm-hmm. when you were thinking of okay I've got to go back to this I'm going to give it 3 years mm-hmm. What changed about your approach that made it more manageable or that reinvigorated your passion for it again? For me, I think the big shift for me was getting out of big box fitness. I worked for Gold Gym for about two years. I worked for 24-hour fitness for about two and a half years. And the big box, big box approach to fitness wasn't for me. Their approach is like you get somebody in, okay, look at and they're, and they're a number basically because they, they work on volume. Um, it's like they're a number, okay? And we bring them in and say, okay, you want to lose weight? You want to you wanna 
build muscle. We're going to do this and you got, we're going to sell you the 20 pack and we're going to do that. You know, it was very uh, systematic and somewhat non-personal in this volume, volume, volume. And one stat that I've heard about that kind of blew me away thinking about gyms is that it's one of the only products where it's actually better for the gym for you not to buy what you use. <laughs> or not to use what you buy. Yeah, not yeah, exactly. Yeah, for gym memberships, yeah. yes. Yeah, and even actually. for those training packages, maybe. Um. Yeah, I mean... Well, you're it, paying for it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, yeah, that's true. I mean, but, you know, long term as a business that doesn't keep no. you going because it doesn't <laughs> keep people in your business, uh, they leave your business. But yeah, I mean, it's the big box, like from the business side, the big box gyms, they are built to make money, not necessarily help people not necessarily yeah they provide the platform if you if you want to go in and work out cool that's what it's there for that's why they're cheaper than like a small box like we both go to fuel house fuel house is more expensive but they're more into your life when your shoulder hurts they go Ooh, what can we do how can we help you feel better how can we help you you know they, they, we coach you we work with you and like and that's there's more caring and more interaction there and it's not just like hey here's a box come in and work out mm-hmm. hey thanks for your money um, but yeah, the, the, the big shift for me was I got out of big box fitness. I went to work at Rival Fitness over in Capitol Hill and I trained, started training privately and doing things my own way, uh, which is much less salesy for better and for worse, Yeah, <laughs> you know, but it was more more people oriented and let me train at my own pace and my own style. One of the other shifts that we've talked about and I've gotten to be a part of when you were doing some corporate work is you've moved more towards just training fitness and also this idea of incorporating mobility. Mm -hmm. And I'd love to talk a little bit about that of how did you progress from more of just traditional getting people to work out exercise plans versus having that idea that if we don't do any mobility work, we're going to be injured for life. So part of my personal journey and with my clients also, it's, it's a bit du- there's a bit dual. Personally, uh, I got you know I got into fitness just going hard, you know as a bro, and I'm just like yo I want abs and I want biceps and like let's go hard every day, bro. We're gonna slay in the gym and blah, blah. and basically I beat my body up and I, I I was just suffering with like chronic pain and joint pain and just a lot of injuries over and over again. And when I found myofascial release, uh, AKA foam rolling, but self myofascial release, it really helped me heal my joints a bit. Uh, later on, I come to find out, come, came to find, find out that uh, eating any type of gluten makes my joints and tendons really, really sore, which is one of the saddest moments in my life. Oh, no. <laughs> no, like donuts are my favorite to eat. Like any wheat, I'm just like my joints hurt for a couple of days. But um, also going back to like saying my clients' journeys too, I've worked with a lot of people, uh, aging populations, or like even like middle-aged aging populations. And if you get stiff, you can't work out, you can't lift. And sitting in offices, like I came to your office and we did some corporate wellness, um, sitting all day, our, like the human body wasn't meant for chairs. Like chairs weren't invented synonymously with the human body. The human body's been around millions of years. And they show the first chair was only invented like back in the Egyptian times for royalty. It was like the biggest luxury to be able to sit in a chair. Um, but now we just take it for granted. Like, oh, we sit down. We don't. And it, it ravages our bodies to spend um, hours and hours and hours and end on all day. Not this. even just at work. I mean, think about when you come home. Like how many people are actually, besides maybe cooking, yeah. 
you're just sitting. You're sitting watching TV. You're sitting eating. You're sitting yeah. looking at your phone. Yeah, it's you're kind of sitting in your car. So sad. You commute to and from to go sit. Yeah. You know, you sit at home. You sit down to get to work. You sit at work. You sit down to get home. And, um, and if you uh, that might make, not make sense, but if you think about like if you break your arm, you put your arm in a cast. Like if your arm is in a cast and in a fixed position for weeks at a time, uh, once you take that cast off, it's harder than hell to straighten that arm. So if your body is put in that seated position hours and hours, like the majority of your day, for years on end, your body is going to start to tighten up in those places and start to form that shape. And that's kind of, you know, and then we go into the gym and we expect to be <gasps> opening up and jumping and lifting overhead and doing all this, you know, all this stuff that our bodies were made to do. You know, you watch uh, American Ninja Warrior, the human body can do some spectacular stuff. Yeah. But when we train it to be curled up in a chair all day, which most of us kind of have to do in this information age and computer work and all that stuff, you know, there's a big disconnect between the two. And, you know, I started, I, I switched to doing some myofascial release and teaching people about, you know, upper and lower cross syndrome, kind of the side effects of sitting for so long. And people's minds are blown. They're just like, oh no, I didn't know I was doing this to my body. And I'm like, yeah. And we you're going to have a hunt. I mean, when you came into Limeade when I was working there and showed mm -hmm. us that photo of the person that had like that little hunch on their mm -hmm. back and we're like, oh God, I don't want to be that person. And everyone did just what you did. Yeah. They, they sat up straight and like shifted their shoulders back like, mm, that's not me. Let me fix it for 10 seconds before I roll back forward. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, but it's good just like, you know, starting to shift the conversation there um, and just like, hey. What are we doing? What are we doing? Pay attention to your body. What are you doing in your body? You know, and uh, that's a big thing I talk about in, like, in my podcast and to my clients and stuff. What are you doing now that you're don't, you don't want to be later? So, you know, in our 20s and 30s, we're focused on career, social, you know, having kids and all that stuff. But, you know, you look at people in their like 50s, which isn't like for me, I'm like, I'm about to be 40 in a couple of years. I'm about to be 40 and 50 is not that far away, which is really terrifying to think. But you see people like 50s and 60s and like their bodies are already just going downhill super fast. Yeah. You know, or even one, you know, you one injury, you're down for three months and then getting back up is not that easy. So. And it's not even just people that don't prioritize exercise. I even think of my stepdad as a hmm. perfect example, like marathon runner, Ironman athlete, hmm. um, retired at 40, trained people in cross country skiing, was the most active person. And then almost like, but didn't take care of himself, like oh. took it too hard. Oh. And so herniated his uh, disc in his back and now kind of walks with a little bit of a limp in his 60s but he mm. sort of is almost like well that is behind me and mm -hmm. so you can go too hard too there's this balance yeah yeah see i, I don't go that hard so i didn't think about that you can't go too hard i think he might be an exception to most yeah of <laughs> but thinking exceptional i think more what i love about what you're thinking about and i think we all need to think about more is not exercising for the results you want in the morning or the results mm. that you want a month from now but mm. more how can i be a healthier person in the long term yeah because what you practice is what you'll get you know most, and like you said most of our fitness mindset is transactional how can i lose this weight how can i get these abs like what can I do now to get the results now? And that works kinda sometimes, but usually it just sets us up for failure. Yeah, and how powerful would that mindset be that instead of going into the gym and saying, I'm gonna 
do a squat with a hundred pounds today and not necessarily think about I'm going to be sore tomorrow and then I'm going to have a good butt a month from now, Mm -hmm. but instead say like 30 years from now, like I'm going to be able to lift things. I'm going to be able to walk upstairs without any assistance. I'm going to be able to hike into my old age and that mental shift that I'm trying to think about right now, but I think is so missing from the fitness industry right now. I think so too. And that's, that's very key because we, that's why we're working so hard now. That's why we're in our careers and doing this stuff now so that we can enjoy life when we're older. And like, oh, cool, I'm retired, my kids are gone. Pew, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go explore the world. But you, you haven't used your body for 30 years and your body doesn't do what you want it to do. That would suck. That'd be really awful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so doing it now. And the cool thing about that too is doing that stuff for later Form follows function. If you're functionally trying to be as fit as you can be later, your form will achieve that now. Like, if you want to be athletic later, means you have to practice being athletic now. Athletic people look like athletes. Yeah, you'll still get the short-term benefits you want. Exactly, exactly. You'll get the benefits, but you won't have that pressure of, oh, I got to look this way, or I got to do this, I got to take this diet, I got to do, you know? Your, your form will follow just your actions, your habits, your patterns, because you have that mindset of, I'm setting myself up for success later. So it's, almost, it's like, uh, I call it like a hygiene. It's like a daily hygiene thing. Yeah, and I think, yeah, to plug Fuel House a little bit, which I love, um, yeah, I think they do a really house. good job of mm-hmm. that and not mm-hmm. necessarily focusing on vanity muscles. Mm-hmm. If you want a gym that's really focusing on functional fitness, mm-hmm. it does. Yeah. Not, and not non-pressured functional fitness. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I, was, I tell people, like, it's kind kind of the closest thing to CrossFit without doing CrossFit. Without the, I say CrossFit without the cult, but then in my head I'm like, but it's a little culty, but in a good way. In a good way, <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's not the competitive edge, though. That's the thing. There's yeah. not that, com- like, you're looking like, shit, I have to go faster and I have to lift this giant bar over my head and all this stuff. Yeah, but it's, yeah, I, I love Fuel for that. Like, I found Fuel House in March. And it's been phenomenal. Like, I love going there and just knowing I'm just going to be strong and lifting. There's no pressure. There's nobody, like, looking around judging me. Nobody's taking their shirts off. There's nobody. It's, it's Nobody's just, taking their shirt off. Yeah, yeah, it's not. Like, if you did, everybody like, what is this weirdo doing? <laughs> Put your shirt on, bro. <laughs> but it's, anyways, digress. Okay, that was our mid-commercial. <laughs> Molly, <laughs> you can give me a free month of membership for that. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Mom. um okay so i want to transition and talk a little bit about the podcast that you're putting out so you've put out one episode tell us what it's called what's the one-liner about the podcast ah the name of the podcast is treat your health the idea behind it is you are more than just your body your health is about the whole health of you as a human and not just your physical fitness And I know you just put out one episode. The way you've told me about it is that each month you're reading a different book on a different topic. And Mm -hmm. then instead of making us read these books, you're taking (laughs) us through chapter by chapter in a more interesting way. And so I listened to that first episode. Tell us a little bit about the book that you picked for your first one. Sure. Can I, can I tell you about like the, how the format of the podcast? Yes. Yes. It is a personal development book review podcast. Uh, I love personal development books, and it's in line with being a coach. Uh, but a lot of people don't have time to read, like read full-on books because you're traveling or doing whatever. So what I want, my service of the podcast, is the service I provide is I read the book, 
I review the book and I break it down for you each month and kind of give you the meat and potatoes of it to help you learn, help you get some stuff. And if you're more interested afterwards, you're like, cool, I'm going to go get this book because this is dope. And then each month, like I was saying, you know, it's, it's about more than just your physical health. Because there's other, if other facets of your life are breaking down, it can really affect the rest of your life. So each month, I, I identified six realms of health that I want to cover. Physical health is the first one we're covering. Uh, but then relational health. You know, if you have relationships that are very, that you're really struggling with, that aren't supportive of your life, it can really affect other parts of your life. So we're going to talk about relational health. Uh, we're going to talk about aspirational health. Um, having, not just having goals and knowing how to set goals, but having tools that help you reach those goals. Um, financial health. Your money can stress you out and affect everything in your life, you know? Uh, so we're going to talk about just different stuff. And this is just adulting stuff, yeah. you know? Um, but that we are never taught in school. No, that we're never taught. And uh, honestly, a lot of times they're not even talked about. We don't even address them because they're either taboo or people just don't have the skills, you know. Um, and then mental and emotional health, you know, like your inner, your inner world. Nothing clinical, but just like how to, be, how to work on your internal world and your internal talk and dialogue. And the last one is uh, spiritual health, but not from a, a religious standpoint. Like the book I'm doing on spirit, uh, the first book I'm doing for spiritual health is called Loving People. So like your connection with those outside of you, your connection with something bigger than you, uh, other than just, because the other five realms are very inward facing and looking at your life. But then spiritual health is something that connects you to others in the world bigger than you. So, I love that. Yeah. Each month is a different topic and a different book. So we get into physical health and then burp, change gears. I'm like, okay, let's talk about relationships. It's like, what? <laughs> okay, I guess so. I think it'll be great. I hope so. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about the first book and how did you choose that one? Yeah, the first book is called Younger Next Year. How to Live Fit, Strong, and Sexy Until You're 80 and Beyond. Uh, the book, it was referred to me, I think my mother gave it to me and one of my clients, he's like 67 or so, It was and it was given to him by a colleague. Uh, the book is written, the tone of it is very much, hey, old dude, in your 50s and 60s, wake up. So it's written for old dudes, and there is a version for women. Um, how the what's it, younger next year for women? There is a version, other versions written, uh, but I re wrote, read the original. And base, the, the basically the book is about how aging and decay are not the same thing. We often think about you see an old person that's decayed, you're like, oh, that's just what I do. I work, have kids, retire, sit down, get old, and die. Which is such a sad thought. It's such a sad thought. But like, you know, if you think of like, I don't know, I think about like movies and TV. That's kind of what, you know, I don't know. That's just how you, people used to do, I guess. Yeah. When even my own mom, who's very healthy and in her 60s, has yeah. told me, you know, if I died in my mid-80s still healthy, that'd be a good way to go. Like hmm. she's more, like she's more fearful of that living to an older age and not mm. feeling great that yeah. she would rather die young, which... It's so sad to me. Yeah. I'm like, please don't. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. And well, that's the thing. People are living longer and longer. Centurions are so much more common nowadays than they were. And people are living longer and longer. Um, and, the, and the principles in the book, uh, he, he breaks down about why we decay and how we can fight that. Because if you use your body and send your body the signals that it needs to be young, it needs to be part of the your ecosystem your community because 
every day you're you're exercising you're eating healthy foods you're interacting you're loving you're uh, growing you're learning you're keeping your systems active if you flex those things on a daily basis on a yearly and decadely basis <laughs> decadely just made that up yeah um, if you're doing that your body gets the signal daily weekly decadely uh, your body gets that signal that it is active and it needs to keep moving yes you'll age but you don't have to decay as you age and that's the basic principle of the book yeah and i in the first episode when you talked about like hunters and gatherers mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. we are made to go out and that if you aren't if you're somebody that isn't going out and isn't being active then your body like that's what, how we were made. Like it was made to shut down and that you were sick or you were ill and you weren't going to be able to do that anymore. Yes. Yeah. Quick, yeah. That's, that's a good summary actually. Yeah. He, the doc, the doctor, um, Lodge, he's, you know, he goes back evolutionary evolutionarily and he says, you know, look at the human body. What was it built to do? What did it evolve to do? It evolved to hunt, gather, you know, get up every day and go and get food because we didn't have refrigerators. We didn't, couldn't keep food. We would go get it, come back, and the only time we would sit down in our caves was during times of famine when there was no food to get. There's nothing to hunt, there's nothing to gather, there's nothing to pick. So we would sit all day and try not to die or conserve everything we could because we don't know when we're going to get food again. Yeah. So that signal of sedentariness triggered your body to depress and decay but the signals you know in springtime when food came back and stuff was you can go get stuff to eat and you're that sent the signal that it's springtime it's time to grow it's time to procreate it's time to ah, live and so the signal those evolutionary signals are still wired in our heart hardwired in our bodies if you're getting out and moving and doing signaling to your evolutionary body that it is time for spring and time to grow it will continue those growth signals as long as you continue to do that he does say there's a point about 80 years old around eight your 80s where that signal does start to go down and that's just part of life yeah but until that point let's go yeah let's move i mean if anything i was so glad to be somebody that exercises regularly listening to that or else I think it would scare the shit out of me. <laughs> I had a few people look at like, I saw them in person, they had some big eyes like, I'm not exercising enough. I'm like, chill out bro, you're cool, you're cool, just let's start. Yeah. <laughs> well, you are a person that eats healthy and you do exercise regularly. Is there anything that, it, but you, compared to the average population. Okay, okay. So after reading this book, are there any things that you change? Oh yeah. Um, I read this book earlier, this earlier, early 2019, um, and I was working out probably three days a week. Um, again, that was before I figured out that what gluten was doing to my body, the inflammation. So I would work out, I'd be sore for like two, three days. I got my sore, I was just not recovering. So I was like, well, I'll work out, you know, sometimes even one time a week, um, or like two days. Yeah. And I would go hard, you know, I do circuit training and I'd work out hard and I'm like, cool, that's enough. I mean. Obviously, I'm tired and exhausted and sore. Um, but after reading that book, you know, he's, he did say, like, you need to work out six days a week. You need to signal your body every day. But the, the rate, you know, you don't have to go hunting every day. Like, yeah, we don't need to kill an animal every day. Every day, right. You don't need to kill an animal. Some days you're just going out and foraging. And so I started walking on the treadmill. So I'll get up in the morning, you know, I have my morning routine. And I'll get up and I'll walk on the treadmill for an hour. And just getting my heart rate to 65% of my max heart rate. 
it's a it's a heart rate where I'm breathing a little heavy, but you and me we still have a conversation. You know, I'm sweating a bit, but I read a book on the treadmill, like it's nothing crazy. But that change alone affected my energy levels. I've lost a little bit of weight. Um, I just I feel better on a daily basis. I get those that that dopamine, the serotonin. I get the positive brain chemicals. I feel good because I did something positive for myself. So mm-hmm. it's helped my confidence, helped me feel better about myself, that I'm treating my health better. Uh, and that was the biggest change for me after reading this book. It's just like, oh, I need to exercise every day. I found a way to put it in my schedule, to work it into my schedule over time. And it really feels good. It really does. That was the biggest change for me. Did the book um, motivate you to test if gluten was affecting you or how did that come about? No, he doesn't talk about food allergies at all in the book. That was more of a, like my body was really just wrecked. I was, I was, uh, my, my Cairo Mike, he, I was in and out um, with, with him on a weekly basis. And just coming in, everything was hurting. Knees, ankles, neck, back, shoulders. Um, You're probably like, like my, what is happening to Yeah, you? I felt like I was like 55 years old. Like, like it was crazy. And then I think I started getting a, a skin irritation. That's what it was. I started getting like little bumps on my arm and on my stomach, and I was like, "What the fuck?" But and I didn't. I identified it right after I ate something, and I started itching. I was like, "What the hell?" And I was like, "No, no, 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 no! No, I love pizza. No, 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 no burger, like hamburgers, like like all the all the junk foods, all the everything. With I mean, wheat is delicious." It is so delicious. It's so delicious. It's amazing. I'm doing a whole thirty right now, and I miss toast so bad. Oh, so like I'm like I'm such a I was I was such a sandwich guy. I would eat sandwiches every day. Love it. Love bread. Best friends. But I started getting itchy, and I was just like, "This is a immune. This is an immune response. This is an allergic response." And I I didn't want to itch, so I stopped eating bread for like a week or two, like bread stuff. And then my joint pain started to go away, and I was like, "No, no, no, buddy." And then I just. I kept doing it, and my body felt amazing, and I can like I can like no. So that was it was more of a um, just paying attention to my body kind of thing. At least you had a big enough change and feeling positive that maybe it feels worth it to omit it. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to cry. On your it's body. still fresh. We're not we're not talking about nutrition yet on your podcast. Okay, no. <laughs> That really, it's, <laughs> I'm being dramatic, but but really though, that was like one of the saddest moments of adulting. Because adulting is just like, I think I posted a meme today that was like, adulting is just like, every day waking up and going, man, fuck this. And then you just go and do it anyways. Yeah. Like, that's one of my, that was one of my things. Like, I can't eat gluten, are you serious? <laughs> and it just really broke my heart. But yeah, I feel so much better. I can, and I love exercising. I wasn't exercising. Um, and I, I can lift weights again, and my joints don't hurt. I can run again, and uh, it was worth it. But I had it. It got to a pain point where most people aren't motivated to stop doing that. But I got to a point where the pain was worse than the enjoyment of eating. Which is interesting that we are in today's society. Just like we push ourselves to the point of pain before we do anything about it, which is a little bit sad. Yeah, we're just very myself self concluded Like we were just very disconnected from our bodies. We're just so, um, we're so connected to everything external and um, consuming, not just physically consuming, but even consuming content, consuming information. And we don't take the time. 
often to pay attention to our bodies and our minds and our and what's going on. And, I, and that happens, uh, I'm not speaking from any high and mighty place, like I recently got sick, uh, I think two weeks, no, yeah, a week or two ago, because I was just pushing too hard, wasn't paying attention to my body, I got tired, but I just kept pushing, and then my body was like, <laughs> sit down. <laughs> yeah, I'm forcing you. <laughs> All sick and stuff. Uh, but yeah, we don't, you know, we don't pay attention enough, and it, it can bite you in the ass in the, in the end. So now that you've spent this year looking at other aspects of health, of relational health and financial health mm-hmm. and emotional health, mm-hmm. have you started to think differently about how you might want to approach your training or just what you're doing professionally as well? Very much, yeah. That's really was the that, that's really a big impetus for starting the podcast. You know, I do a lot of my training. You know, when we train, I, you know, I'm a very technical trainer and I love coaching form. Like, hey, here's. Here's how to improve your quality of movement on this. Here's how to engage the muscles better. Here's how to like do a lift and not have your shoulder hurt. Um, and I during you know during the training sessions we do work on that. It, it's a tutoring session. Here's how you here. Let me help you with your skills in the gym. But our conversations often end there, and I don't get to connect with my clients, and I don't get to connect with with uh, you know people in classes outside of there. And I was just like you know. I want to teach. I love teaching. You know, I, I opened a, opened and closed a gym uh, between 2018 and 2019. All of 2018 and 20 started 2019, and it was kind of devastating at a point because I was just like, I failed. I I have a failing gym. But you know, and I got to it. I was just like, wait, I don't. You know, I don't love owning a gym. I don't love operating a gym. This is not my passion. And you know, after that failure, quote unquote failure, I said okay, if I don't love this, what do I love? Mm-hmm. Like, I love teaching. And that's really a passion. I love seeing that, oh, that aha moment. I love seeing people go, dude, I tried what you, what you, we were talking about, what you were teaching me. Holy shit. That really changed the game in my life. And I, I like, that's my crack. Like, I love that. And so, you know, after reading all this stuff, and I'm just like, I'm learning this stuff, and it's helping me change my life. You know, I had a rough year in 2019, and I really needed to, ch- I figured I needed to change stuff. And it, stuff, the stuff I learned was life-changing. And I was like, why don't I teach this stuff? It's so good. I'm meeting people in a fitness environment, a place of change where they're like, they come to me to change. Why stop at just the physical body? Then you are in a position of authority where I think people look up to you and they trust you. Ooh, that's scary. <laughs> no, but you're right. You're right. Yeah. It's, it's somewhat of an authority figure in, in, a, in a sense. Mm-hmm. And, you know. And, and you can use that in different ways. Yes. Hopefully responsibly. And, and, and that's why like I, this, all this content that I've been consuming, like I just think it's so useful and so beneficial. And if people can check it out and even if a nugget of it helps them make a positive change in their life, like, yes, that's dope. Like, I want that. Like, I want my life to be about that and my business to be about that. What was the hardest topic for you to dig into? Like, did you have any reaction where... I know the fitness might have been probably a little bit easier and maybe the nutrition, but was there another one, finance or relationships or others that just sort of, you kind yeah. of step back of like, do I really want to dive into this topic? Yeah. I mean, finance is the hardest one for me. I just, my financial skills are very, uh, I mean, when you get, when you get, talk, get talking about money, it gets emotional too. Yeah. But that's the hardest one for me, which, you know, I've read five books out of the six, the one I haven't done yet is the finance one <laughs> uh, so that one is there's there's like a mental block for me which is why I'm doing it 
because you know you learn when you teach and so I, I think finance is such a big part and I you know that's the hardest one for me I yeah that's something that's a goal for me this year and I've bought two books and uh, they still are on my kindle and right. I haven't opened them you just, I just get itchy I'm just like it's just I don't know why there's like some anxiety around it. And... I don't know why either. And there's sort of a fear of like, well, I guess I checked the basic boxes. I have mm. a budget. I have a savings account. So right. maybe I can just put this off. And I, I, yeah, it's a weird fear that people have around it. It's it's weird. I, I, I think it, it's one of those things that feels too big. It's like there's so much to do. And like, oh, I'm going to do it wrong. And like, so you just don't do it. I, for me, I, I think it's kind of, that's part of it. Um but it's just like anything else. You you know you need financial fitness and you know financial hygiene, and you you just it's, you just start learning it. But I'm just speaking like, and uh, I haven't done it yet. But I think that's how it works. <laughs> I had a financial expert on for the first episode of this season, and mm. one of her recommendations was to just make thinking about your finances and looking at your finances part of your routine, but a mm. positive part. And mm. she even said, like, pour yourself a glass of wine, yeah. go sit on the couch, get yeah. a comfy comforter, yeah. put your laptop on, and, like, make it a thing. Hmm. <laughs> and not seem like some big chore. And yeah. I liked that approach, too. I, I did start reading the book that I think I'm going to do is, like, the one-page financial plan. Uh, and I started reading that, and his standpoint on it was... Uh, he starts off not looking at your money. He goes, what are your values? Mm-hmm. I was like, huh? He said, if your spending habits aren't in line with your values, your money's going to be messed up. Like if you value your health, but you're spending money on buying televisions, huh? So that's, that's as far as I got in the book. I can't really go any deeper, but I, that, was, that was really a huh moment for me where I was like, oh, I've never thought about my values in you know, and spending and where my money goes. That's interesting. Yeah, I think that approach really helps too. And also in what you're saving for attached to a value. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, are, is your value financial independence? And then can you work backwards from that? Yeah. And what, what do you want independence to do? Yeah. Yeah. What's your value then? And shit's expensive. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it gets expensive the older you get yeah. it. Like, you just want bigger toys, you know? I don't know. Um, and also to go back to your question, the, the, the second hardest one for me was the relationship one, the relationship book. Um, the, uh, the book that I read was called Why You're Not Married Yet. And basically the whole book was like, hey, have you been blaming other people for your bad relationships? Actually, the real problem is you. You are what you attract. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. And I had a tough relationship I was, I'd gotten out of a year or so ago. And, uh, I was like, you know, first you always go, meh, 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 point fingers. It's your fault, your fault. And then I was just, I started reading her book and I was just like, oh, I've been fucking up. <laughs> but it really made me look at myself and look at what I was doing. And I was just like, oh, okay, oh, this is painful. All right, so that was the second most painful one because it really made me take a deep look at myself and how I was creating all the kind of toxic stuff in my relationships. But that's so great that not only are you internalizing that and thinking about that, but Mm. now thinking about how you're going to dissect that and give it back to your followers too, which is a really vulnerable place to put yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be really vulnerable. It's, I, as you you can't, y'all can't see my body language, but the jury can't like, I'm like kind of cringing up right now. Um, It's going to be very vulnerable. And, but I think it's so valuable 
to like to, to look at yourself in relationships it's so easy to be like you did this you did that and blame the other person and be like they have these problems but it's always two like there's no toxic relationship with one ha- healthy person and the other toxic not no. for long anyways i mean there's something that's keeping you there and that in itself is toxic exactly exactly and like that was the big wake up for me is just like bro it wasn't you know it wasn't just her like you had you were hand in hand 50 50 you know and that's and i think that's the message that i want to like give to and talk about with my people because i think that's so important because once you start looking inside and changing you that's when your world starts to change and that's yeah. when you can start changing the world around you in positive ways because we always try to change the world you know like we always do, like i'm going to change the world but you got to start with you first because if you're changing the world from a bad place uh, it ain't gonna work like you got to start changing yourself first changing your mindset and the way that you the way that you behave you know and that's oh i want to I have some discussions about that because that's gonna get sticky yeah but okay. i think not only just having those conversations but also because of the way you've approached your podcast you're also getting the ripple effect of how each one affects the other like yeah there's many relationships that end because of finance financial values don't align ding 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 oh yeah big time and even like the, the relational health i just got for that one that because the stress from that was affecting my business it was affecting my physical health like i was stressed in that and that it affected every part of my life you know and so. every like each part affects the other and if you're physically unhealthy you know how expensive that shit is you know <laughs> like if you're tired all the time you can't you know you can't engage with your family you know if you're physically if you're like you've been super injured like depression and injuries really go hand in hand oh my gosh i yeah. definitely have empathy for that and yeah. really experienced that yeah yeah being down and out for a while will mentally emotionally get you down and out like all of them are so interconnected and that's yeah, it really helps illustrate the point of like why I set the podcast up that way and how I set my teaching up that way is because we got to look at all of them and not just focus on one. Well, I hope that people are inspired and thinking about the theme of don't tell me what to do. I think there's so many things out that are telling us how to do our finances and how to be healthy and what to eat and how to be in a relationship. But I think the approach you're taking of really looking inward and thinking Mm -hmm. about how you personally want to approach each and Mm -hmm. sharing that knowledge in a way of bringing it, but not necessarily preaching is something I really admire. And I really like that approach. So thank you for doing that. And I'm excited to learn over the next few months too. Yeah. And And I love your approach too, because it's like, yeah, I'm like, don't tell anyone what to do. Provide them with information and assume their intelligence. Mm-hmm. Here's the information. Take what you need and let's move on. Yeah. And maybe think just a little bit differently after after mm-hmm. listening. Yeah. That's, that's the goal anyways. So how can people find you? Ah, all sorts of ways. Uh, I'm really active on Instagram. Uh, Treat Your Health Podcast is the Instagram handle. I'm on Twitter, but I'm learning that. <laughs> and treatshowhealthpodcast.com is the website you can contact me there get the um, there's a contact form and email and all that stuff and but yeah instagram i'm very very active on hit me up anytime i love to have conversations about stuff yeah and by the time this podcast airs the trailer's up and the first episode is up so Mm -hmm. 
go listen to it. You'll definitely book a fitness class or go for a run after listening to it. But it's really good. So um, I'm proud of you. And um, I think it's awesome what you're doing. Likewise. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I'm proud of you for your pod too. Excited <laughs> to you. be here.